MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? <sighs> I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid his weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol in my volume. Alcohol in my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it. it has nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin, right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, February 18th, 2014. I'm your host, Kevin. If you would like to Skype in, Skype name Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or you can call 862-345-7125. The easy way to remember that is it's 862-ALCOHOL. And God damn it, Dennis is already in with it. That is fucking brilliant, Dennis. Um... If you're not in the chat, get in there, morelikeradio.com slash live. Join the live chat, uh, get a username and everything. And in case I have any new listeners from um, the retweeting I got from the Big Brew Beer Fest in Morristown, New Jersey, uh, welcome, and I'm sorry that you're being subjected to this. Um, But yeah, Dennis has a wonderful, wonderful gif in the chat right now. Uh yeah, I have a new promo that actually, I believe, premiered on uh, Backtalk Radio last night. And, um, well, if you if you heard the promo, it'll make sense. Um, I don't know. If more, if more people end up in the chat questioning it, I'll, I'll play the promo here. I, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but Dennis, that's fucking brilliant. Love that. Uh, so... Like I mentioned, Big Brew Beer Fest. I went there this past weekend. This is the third one I've been to now. Oh, excuse me. The second one for um, the winter months. The premier one in New Jersey was last... I think it was last February. It was around the same time of the year last year. And that was the one that I've mentioned many times before. It was a complete fucking debacle the way it was organized. It lines... Wrapped around the building. It was at the Morristown Armory in Morristown, New Jersey. Lines wrapped around the building in the freezing cold. Um, There was only a single session instead of two sessions. Once we got in, everything was great. A little bit crowded, more crowded than it should have been. But the organization of it, it it was clear that this was their first time doing it. Then they did it again in, I believe it was October. Maybe even uh, end of September. Hey, Red Sox. Welcome to the chat, sir. Um... I think it was the end of September now that I think about it. 
and they split it into two sessions, one going from 1 to 4.30, and then the next going, I think, from like 5 to 9.30, something like that. Basically, there were two sessions, split up the groups. They had a new ticketing system and everything to get people in. So the one in September went brilliantly. This one, this past weekend, also went brilliantly. Was not too crowded inside. Great new selections. I like the fact that they're doing two different Big Brew Beer Fests in a given year. And there's actually one in New York, too. I can't remember if that one happened. Uh, first one that they were doing, I think that may have happened this past week or maybe next week. But um, I, I, I can check on that later. But um, where was I going with this? Not too crowded. Everything worked out really well. A lot of good selections because the one in September, you had a lot of your fall seasonals. This time, they had a lot of the spring seasonals and just stuff that wouldn't have necessarily fit in with all the fall beers. A lot of IPAs there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it was just that I was trying to seek out the IPAs this time, trying to go with something different. Um, but it, it, it did seem like there was... Um, a good amount of them, especially black IPAs. I was finding a lot more black IPAs there this um, this time around too. So, in terms of purchases, I, I I didn't I didn't go too crazy this time. I didn't go crazy last time either. Last time I think it was uh, I picked up a um, one of those what what the hell do you call them? They're, they're like the metal sign plates that you nail up on the wall. I got a uh, Cricket Hill one last time from uh, Cricket Hill Brewing in Fairfield, New Jersey. This time, the only thing I... Well, okay, two things I purchased. After repeated nagging and whining to my wife, who was the designated driver there with me and her father, me and her dad were just guzzling down like crazy. And she is, as always, is the wonderful, wonderful designated driver with the much cheaper ticket, too. After repeated nagging and whining to her, I got a Hops cigar from Ted's Cigars. Haven't smoked it yet. Probably end up having that one before I have the Utopias because it has been a very long time since I've actually had a full, like full size cigar. I mean, it, honestly, honestly, it's probably been maybe at least fifteen years or so. So I figure if I'm gonna fuck up with a cigar and not smoke it properly or not light it properly or whatever, I'll do it with that one first before I botch the Utopias one. So I got that. Um, it was like twelve bucks, actually about the same price as the Utopias one, oddly enough. So we we stayed at this thing almost the entire session. Like I said, it ran from one to four thirty. We got there a few minutes before they opened, and they actually had a nice kind of heated tent area for us as we waited before we got in. They had us kind of crowded in, and it was good. Body heat, heaters, everything. Went really well, and it, it was it was getting cold that day because there was another one of the fucking snowfalls that we have out here in Jersey. This winter has me wanting to move desperately down to Florida because I'm I'm done with this shit. I am completely done with it. But um, so we left a little after four. So I mean, we we got our money's worth out of that. Um, the other thing I bought there because I mentioned I bought two things. There was a, and I think I have some of the stuff written down for this. Yeah, okay. It was a vendor called, I don't know, the, uh, oh, <laughs> hey, butt monkey, welcome to the chat, sir. Uh, it was a vendor from, let's see, they're based in uh, Metuchen, New Jersey, 
called Two Chicks with Chocolate, selling all different kinds of chocolate. And actually, if you want to check out their site, they didn't have the item that I bought. Uh, they don't have it on their website, but it's twochickswithchocolate.com. They're also on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash twochickswithchocolate. It's the number two. And I got a chocolate mustache filled with Guinness Stout. If you follow me on Twitter, E-D-I-C-I-U-S, or uh, you follow me on Instagram, either way, you saw the chocolate mustache. and it, I mean, it's a, it's a chocolate mustache on a stick. It doesn't, doesn't look anything remarkable, really. But it was goddamn delicious. I had it last night. Very, very good. I think it was maybe like three, four, five bucks. Something like that. It wasn't some extravagant price. And it was, it was really good. Very tasty. I, I definitely got the Guinness flavor out of it. Um, their stuff is orderable online, like I mentioned. Just not that particular Guinness mustache one. But I know Sherry, for instance, would like some of the stuff they have. They have a wine collection of chocolates for $40 with pieces like a spicy Merlot, Cabernet Caramel, among others like that. Uh, I had some of their other chocolates there, too. My wife bought them. It was like a um, a chocolate-covered peanut brittle kind of thing. If you're into chocolate, it's good stuff. And I figure kind of help out a semi-local business. It's twochickswithchocolate.com, number two. Check that out. Like I said, online orders, totally, totally worth it. Very, very delicious stuff. So, uh, onto the beer from the Beer Fest. This time around, I actually tracked everything I tasted this time around via Untapped. Uh, and initially, my wife thought it was going to get really, really annoying. But once I got into a rhythm with it and kind of starting to log it into Untapped before I even got to um, up to the up to the booths and everything. Um, uh, I don't know if Butt Monkey's making a joke or not. It's it's uh. Wait, what did I, what did I say? It's 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 two chicks with chocolate. So the number two chicks with chocolate dot com, and it's very very delicious. <sighs> yeah, Dennis wants to yell with dicks, dude. It was it was really good chocolate. <laughs> that that's all I can say. It, it, the vendors at this place, it, they seem to have more and more vendors each time around. I mean, they they got a couple clothing vendors. Like one of them was like a New Jersey based clothing vendor. Another is one called uh, Fuck It. Some of you guys have probably seen that before. Uh, J&R Cigars was there. Um, food vendors, they had local restaurants. Uh, they had uh, the cow and the curd food truck still there. I didn't get any cheese curd this time. So, But anyway, out of the beers, I was, I was logging everything with Untapped. I was trying to stick with stuff I hadn't had before. And I think I only ran into two things that I had had before. One of them was purely by accident. When I logged it in untapped, I realized, oh, shit, I've actually logged this before. I had no idea. And the other one, it was the last drink I had of the evening, and I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to go with something I know, something I want, and you know, then we left. I'm going to go over everything I had. I'm not going to go into detail with everything. There were a few that really, really stood out to me, but... Um, some of these I'm just going to kind of gloss over. You're going to get a sense that I was going more for the IPAs and kind of varying away from the stouts and things like that. So I had Hop Strike Black IPA from Tommyknocker. That was really good. Very mild. I like that. Foreplay IPA from Stouts. They're out of Pennsylvania. Murphy's Irish Stout. I actually remember it as being very light in feel. Now, I know I've mentioned the stouts I started on make Guinness seem extremely light to me. Well, 
Guinness makes this Murphy's Irish Stout seem very light. It wasn't. It wasn't that it was bad. I could almost describe it as watery, but that that's too negative a term for it. It tasted good. It just didn't feel very thick. But anyway. Uh, Simplicity by Cane Brewing. It's a Belgian strong pale ale. See, I'm sticking with all the, the pale ales. Shiner FM 966 Farmhouse Ale from, uh, I believe you pronounce that, Spotzel. And that was actually one of the two that I had had before and completely forgot. I must have gotten it from a build a six-pack because I don't think I've ever bought a six-pack of that. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Oak Barrel Stout from Old Dominion. They also had the Morning Glory Espresso Stout there, but I've had that before, so I didn't taste it there. But I did nab a poster for the Morning Glory with the pinup model. And uh, that was probably... Out of all the pinup models, they... Excuse me. Um, did for that line with Old Dominion, that pinup series. I'm trying to remember the other ones. Um, shit. They, they, I think they had like three or four of them that had pinup models on their labels. This one was my favorite. I don't know. I go for the brunettes. What can I say? God damn it, Red Sox. <laughs> well, I, I thought... I think in my new promo, I, I put enough of the embarrassing shit in there anyway. I mean, in the new promo, there is a, there is a mention of penises, so... I don't know. If there's enough demand, I'll, I'll play it for people that haven't heard it. So, anyway, um, Brooklyn Blast from Brooklyn Brewery. I actually didn't even know what Blast was. I saw it in Bottle King out here, a local liquor store chain, and could not remember what the hell it was. Um, and it turns out it's a double IPA. It had a hell of a punch to it. It's not something I'd want to drink frequently. It wasn't bad, but it was just, it was a little bit strong for me. Chocolate Sombrero from Clown Shoes. This was the first time I think I've seen Clown Shoes at a festival out here. The strange thing was I bought a bottle of this beer on a whim the day before the brew fest or beer fest and I hadn't opened it yet. So I didn't even I still didn't know what it was going to taste like when I had the sample at the big brew beer fest. I loved this one. It touts itself it yeah touts itself as a Mexican chocolate stout. So it has a bit of a difference with the flavors. They added in cinnamon in there, ancho chiles. Um, I want to say they added some uh, vanilla extract in there as well. It's a nice, different take on the chocolate stout. If you don't like chocolate stout, you're probably still not going to like it. But it was it was a nice change for me, and I'm glad that I have a bomber of it in my fridge so I can enjoy more of it. Just a very, I guess the best way I could describe it is Mexican hot chocolate in a beer. I don't know. I think that might be the best way to say it. So then I also had Andy Gator from Abita. I'm surprised I hadn't had that yet. That's a Maybach. Uh, occasional Ale from Dogfish Head, an American IPA. So he's sticking with the IPAs. Nocturne Chocolate Ale from Cricket Hill. I mentioned Cricket Hill before. I got the that plate from them. I wasn't as impressed with this. It was one that I saw in stores maybe a month ago in a uh, build a six-pack selection, but I wasn't actually building a six-pack, so I didn't get any. And I saw six-packs of it a couple times since then. I'm actually glad that I didn't pick up a six of it because as much as I love Cricket Hill stuff, I wasn't terribly impressed with it. It just... I didn't get a lot of chocolate out of it. I didn't get a lot of the you know coffee flavor out of it. It just it 
it was an ale. It was, it was kind of meh. So I, I was I was very surprised by that. And I don't know, just something something that Cricket Hill did not do right there. But eh, not not a big deal. They got enough other good stuff out there, and and they're really starting to branch out with more of their beers now. Um, Doc's Draft Cranberry Hard Cider. These guys do amazing ciders. I've seen them at every uh, beer fest I've been to out here. These are probably some of my favorite ciders. This cranberry one was no exception. I don't know. Some of the like Angry Orchard and Woodchuck sometimes tend to be very, very hit or miss with me where, I don't know, the flavors just, they don't hit my tongue right. This one, yeah, I you know enjoy the you know cranberry, cherry, raspberry kind of flavors when it comes to mixing in that. Something something about the way they mix it for Doc's draft works out really well. Yes, a little Matt says cider is for queers. Well, then you're you're really gonna hate one of my favorites from <laughs> from this um, festival. But uh, fuck you, yeah. I'm I, and I'm not I'm not admitting that I'm a. <sighs> Never mind. And now Dennis is making the old. Ugh. Old, bad, bad, whack, whack joke. Mm. Hashtag demand the cider. Um, okay, Nut Brown Lager from Kelso of Brooklyn. This next one was a weird one that I believe I saw last time but didn't actually try. Kelpie Seaweed Ale from Williams Brothers. It was surprisingly sweet tasting. It didn't taste grassy, fishy, anything like that. Nice low ABV at 4.4%. It's one that I would actually sit down and enjoy a six-pack of. I I don't know how the seaweed imparts that nice, sweet flavor, but whatever they did, it worked. It was it was actually really good. Um, okay, this next one, this was my absolute favorite, and the shame of it is even though it's a local brewer, I'm probably never going to see it in bottles because I know they do not bottle or can this one. If I'm going to try this one again, I'm going to have to either get it at another festival or I'm going to have to go down to fucking Atlantic Highlands and get it at their brewery. Regular Coffee from New Jersey's Carton Brewing Company. It's probably the single best and most accurate coffee flavor I've ever tasted in a beer. The description card that they had for this one sold it. I made sure to pick it up so I would be able to read it off to you. Now, people from outside Jersey may not quite get this, but it makes sense if you're in Jersey. A classic Jerseyism is regular coffee. Here, when you order a regular coffee at any place you trust to make a pork roll, or I'm sorry, at any place you trust to make a pork roll and cheese, and if you don't know what pork roll is, pork roll is also delicious. Uh, you get a paper cup of coffee with, quote, milk and two sugars, rather than a black coffee that hasn't had the caffeine removed. Acidic, bitter coffee flattened by milk and sweetened, the perfect foil for the salty, unctuous savor of breakfast on a roll. For our homage to Jersey's breakfast beverage, we teamed up with our neighbors at Fair Mountain Coffee Roasters looking for an elevated version of classic plain coffee. We chose Mexican Chiapas for its bitterness akin to artichoke, roasting it a little darker than usual along with Ethiopian Sadamo for its pleasant lemon-like acidity, which we pushed up through fermentation. We added this coffee blend to a high-gravity golden cream ale, contributing our milk and two sugars, 
drink regular coffee because running over a black beer with coffee is no way to get to work. And, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this definitely tasted like your regular, regular coffee just in a paper cup, milk and two sugars. It was... Okay, yeah, Dennis is arguing here that regular is black and milk and sugar is milk and fucking sugar. See, uh, I don't know. See, I would say, I would say, I don't know. I would say that uh, black might be black and regular might be milk and sugar. I don't know. I've only lived here for 14 years, so I'm I'm trusting them to get this right. You're Ukrainian, so your mileage may vary. I don't know. But that aside... The taste of this was spot on. I know Dennis is a black coffee drinker, so this is not for him. Um, but the, the the taste of this was spot on. That smell you get from like the cheap coffee, you know, maybe in a diner or whatever. The that that element of sweetness you get from that milk and two sugars. It was amazing. And if I remember correctly, I think it was. I think it was actually a pretty high ABV too. It was like eleven percent or something like that. I that beer has ruined me for any other coffee type beers because it was just that amazing. Um, and if I remember correctly, I think they were serving it on nitro too, which helped it. It was either that or this next one they served on nitro. This was another one from Carton Brewing. It's called Carton of Milk. It was um, a sessionable milk stout, which is a little bit more rare, four four percent ABV. But I made the mistake of having it right after regular coffee, and I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. That said, it still was pretty tasty, but I think I completely wrecked my palate with the regular coffee because it was so good. Carton of milk is probably just as good, <laughs> and apparently oxtail is uh, calling Dennis racist in the chat, which. Eh, I don't know. I don't know if I can contest that. Uh, handful more here. Fruity strawberry beer from uh, Brewerage Huge. It's a Belgian white blended with fruit juice. I've seen this one in build a six pack selections before. Never actually picked it up though. Oddly enough, because you know me with my strawberry beer. I know you guys tend to not like that, but I like it. It was pretty good. Wookie Jack Black IPA from Firestone Walker. That one was pretty good. Firestone Walker tends to do their IPAs pretty well. And I'm starting to get more of a taste for the Black IPAs too. Uh, Slum Brew Happy Soul. A Hefeweizen with Blood Orange. It was actually very refreshing. Would have been a nice summery kind of beer. Pay the Ferryman Porter from uh, Cerveceria Mexicana. It's actually a Mexican craft brewer. Their stuff's been popping up more and more here in Jersey. I uh, Again, at Bottle King, I saw a few uh, six-packs of their stuff. And actually, they serve it at a Mexican restaurant near my house. I think they have, I want to say, six or seven different varieties. Um, and a lot of the artwork on there is, is, is based on Mexican Day of the Dead imagery. Very, very cool stuff. If you, if you find that, um, if you look up pay the ferryman porter you'll find this brewer and can kind of go from there uh i okay again i i know oxtail does not like cider little matt doesn't like cider but this was another cider this is a cider from sweden from abro brigeri 
in Sweden. Uh-oh. Oxtail's not going to like this, then. Is, is it okay if it's strawberry and lime? Actually, wait, no, this is a cider. It's okay, then. Rec Order League, strawberry, lime, wild berries, and pear. So it's three different ones. The strawberry lime, I thought was the best. All three were phenomenal. My wife even had the tiniest, tiniest sip of the strawberry lime. Tiny due to baby being on the way and everything, but she loved it, and she doesn't even drink. Next to Doc's Draft, it's probably one of the best ciders I've had. And it was different because it was it was a very light cider, um, not not a big tinge of color in it. Interestingly, they also served it over ice. Whether or not that's a good thing, I don't know. Uh, they had a wedge of lime in there, a sprig of mint on top. It was actually really, really, really good. And on their website, they show who stocks their stuff in a given area. Several shops around me carry their stuff. And I managed to find strawberry lime you know, right down the road from me, five ninety nine for a bottle. Picked it up. I haven't had it yet, but I'm going to enjoy it probably this weekend. Um, and, okay, Little Matt likes record or leg ciders. See? Sometimes, sometimes I know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I know what I'm talking about. And Dennis, I did not shove alcohol down her throat. She had a tiny little voluntary sip that she insisted on because it smelled so good. Even even little Matt likes record or like cider, so... <laughs> Damn, oxtail. <sighs> okay, so after that, with the ciders, uh, Black IPA from Cricket Hill. Uh, Cricket Hill did well with that one, where I seemed to fail with the Nocturne Chocolate Ale. Frutis from... Leafman's very, very cherry. I don't know if it was officially a lambic, but pretty damn close. Ace Perry Cider. Decent. Didn't didn't compare to the Doc's draft or the um, uh, record or leg. Um, let's see. Agave Wheat from Breckenridge. Smoked Porter from Captain Lawrence. And then the last one I had of the evening or afternoon or whatever was Blue Paw Wild Blueberry from Sea Dog Brewing. That was one I had before, but I just wanted to grab one last taste of something before we left. The nice thing is, is that it reminded me that I do, in fact, like that particular blueberry beer, and I can use that whenever I make a black and blue. And if you remember from my last show, I mentioned a black and blue is a blueberry ale on the bottom, Guinness floated on top, even Mitch likes it. And if Mitch likes it, and it involves Guinness, and they didn't fuck the Guinness up with that combination. There's got to be something to it. So, um, so that was that was basically the beer fest. I had a good time. I did not. I do not think I overindulged. I think I. I think I did a good job. I. I, I think I was pretty good with that. I've actually. I've actually been very good with my drinking since that vodka debacle. I've only drank on the weekends and on Tuesdays now, so I'm I'm, I'm being responsible. I'm, I'm you know can't say anything for the rest of you guys, but whatever you know. And let's see in the chat. Da, da, da. Um, yeah, yeah. Believe me, I, I I'm I am getting myself that new sleeve tattoo eventually. I just gotta drop off the art to my tattoo artist, but uh, I've been somewhat sick for the past few days my fucking kid got me sick and the snow and everything I swear to God, this this weather out here is fucking bullshit and I know everybody's complaining about the snow blah 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 it's fucking bullshit out here I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it 
Um, let's see. Did I get that link? Oh, no, I did not. Hold on just a moment. There was one link that I wanted to put up, but for some reason it did not end up in my browser. It had to do with... Um, it was a link from Reddit that um, somebody had a problem with some Sam Adams beer they bought. And the title of this, and I, I thought this was actually really cool, Sam Adams really cares about their customers. Actually got a, a pretty good bit of traction on, on Reddit. So this guy said, I recently picked up a 12-pack of the new Rebel IPA, only to have the handles tear apart right when I got home. A few of the bottles broke when the case hit the ground. A little upset, I filled out the complaint form on their website. Today I got a check for $15, a bottle opener, and a letter signed by Jim Cook himself. I wasn't really expecting anything, and I was quite surprised when I got this. Needless to say, Sam Adams will continue to get my business. Not that I was going to stop buying because of this. Uh, and if anybody's interested, I got the image going into the chat here. And again, if you're not in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. Join in. Um, damn it, Matt. I would not get tattoos of Rosie Huntington Whiteley or Megan Fox because they were two of the worst parts of the Transformers movies, and that is including those shit fucking whatever Autobot twins from the second movie. Jesus Christ. Um, wait, Peaches has been giving I'm responsible speeches now, too? Uh-oh. What happened to you, P-Rock? Now I'm scared. Um, let's see. There was another comment on here, and oddly enough, has to do with Cricket Hill, where this guy kind of reinforces the, the the good stature of Sam Adams. He says uh, his buddy's father owns and operates Cricket Hill Brewery, and he always tells the story about the 2008 hop shortage. I know I've mentioned that in the past. In 2008, there was a big hop shortage, and a lot of the craft brewers were suffering because of it. Um, huge increase in the price of hops in 2008. It was so bad, it could possibly be the end of a lot of microbrewers, and as we all know, Jim Cook is a huge supporter of developing the industry through the craft brewers. So he not only offered 20,000 pounds of hops that he could spare to microbrewers at cost, but he also wrote a letter to all the other major brewers asking them to do the same. Everyone, besides Sam Adams, came back and said no. So Sam Adams is, uh, Sam Adams is pretty good with stuff like that. And I mean, if I, if I had written a letter like that, I, I wouldn't have expected, you know, a, you know, full refund and all that kind of stuff. It would have just been, you know, me saying, you might want to check the quality control on your boxes. The handles seem to be a little weak. You probably don't want this to happen again. That would just be me. So Sam Adams, they, they seem to be doing the right thing. Um, Yeah, the the um, ugh. I'm not getting a tattoo of Bailey J either. God damn it! Although I believe the the penis remark in my promo has to do with Bailey J for some reason. In fact, a, a little a little bit of trivia: every single clip of me in the new promo is from that vodka show, and it's from the last half hour of that vodka show. Yeah, that that show actually made that promo much, much, much easier to make. Uh, uh, this was another one that I initially saw on Reddit and uh, grabbed from Twitter. It, 
it was tweeted by, uh, let's see, at Ezra Garrison, whose name apparently is Matt Phillips. I don't quite understand that. And it has to do with Olive Garden's premium beer selection. Now, they actually list this as premium beers. I will post this in... No, it's not, (laughs) P-Rock. I will post this image in the chat. These are Olive Garden's premium beers, and for those of you that don't see it, their premium beers are Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, Budweiser, Michelob Ultra, and O'Doul's. Yeah. So the uh, general consensus was, you suck, get real beer. Olive Garden uh, actually replied to them. Uh, one person said, if that's premium, I'd hate to see their regular domestic selection. Yeah, that that's true. If these are premium, what the fuck are their regular beers? I mean, Natty Ice? Uh, Old Milwaukee, perhaps? I don't know. Olive Garden did reply to them, saying, we'll be sharing all of your feedback with our beverage team. Stay tuned for changes to our beverage menu in March. We'll have enhanced beer selections based on local faves. Now, hopefully that would mean that they'll be trying to pick up local craft brews. You know, uh, say at Olive Garden here might get some Cricket Hill. Excuse me. Um, Olive Garden, Pennsylvania might get Weyerbacher. You know, stuff like that. Whether that will actually happen, I don't know. But eh, I'm I'm not going to be ordering beers from Olive Garden anyway. I don't even eat there anymore. I mean, there's much better Italian food out there, and there, there you know there are no cockroaches at the other places. I would hope. Um. <laughs> oh, and Butt Monkey's asking uh, that new Miller that's out, the one with the spade on it. I actually, I, I think. Shit, I actually I think I talked about that uh well at the end of the vodka show, so it was probably pretty incoherent. That one's it's Miller Fortune and it's supposed to be a supposed to be a bourbon flavored beer that you drink like in a you know, like a like a glass instead of like a pint or whatever. Um Six ninety nine for a six pack. It sound it seemed to me like they're trying to cash in on bourbon barrel aged beers without actually doing the aging and you know just kind of adding some artificial flavor in there. That said, if I see it in a build a six pack selection, I'll probably add it just so I can say I've tried it. Even if I can't find it in a build a six pack selection, I'll probably just buy a six pack and choke it it's seven bucks so you know what the hell um oh no that's okay butt monkey i think the um i think that was somewhere in the second hour but it was probably very very incoherent at that point anyway and and for anybody that did miss the uh the infamous drunk show that would have been on uh, i believe the fourth you can get that at more like radio.org uh just look for, I believe, well, look up Alcohol by Volume Anniversary Show. You should find it there in the keyword search. Um, so that's Olive Garden for you with their beers. I, I never really would have thought to be ordering beers at Olive Garden anyway. A lot a lot of the time when I go out, I'm, I'm so iffy on ordering beer anywhere anyway. I mean, the, the restaurant, the, the only restaurant I seem to order, well, there are a couple that I will order beer at. Uh, whenever we go to TGI Fridays, and the main reason we go there is because it's cheap, and I got that stripes reward shit where I'm always getting free stuff, we're getting you know free appetizers and all that stuff. 
And they have Sam Adams there. They usually have the Sam Adams seasonals. Um, they have Guinness on tap too. So I'll get Guinness. I'll get Sam Adams there. And at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, haven't been there in a while, but the last time I was there, um, shit, what was it? The uh, Red Hook uh, Game Changer, the beer that they've done specifically for uh, B-dubs. And it, pretty good. Um, I know I know they're serving Rebel IPA there now too. But otherwise, I'd just rather drink at home. First of all, it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I don't have to worry about driving. Um, well, okay. Dennis does have a point. Yeah, if you're on ordering beer, you drink four pitchers of fucking Budweiser. Asshole. Uh, well, I think I... To be fair, I think I only ordered two of them. And I'm not going to do that again anyway. And it was Budweiser and... Um, I think I can probably, I think I can blame Hammy for that, can I? Because I think Hammy actually bought the first picture, so we can probably blame that on him. Wait, what, what did I, what did I say, Matt? What did I say they'd done specifically? I don't know. I don't know. My English skills are shit this week anyway. I've, I've been stumbling all over myself. And I haven't even been drinking. I'm, I'm like halfway through one beer right now. I'm actually drinking from my Mr. Beer winter ales, which are pretty decent. And it's very weird drinking from a plastic bottle, but I don't feel like pouring into a glass. It takes too much time. Um, a couple more things before I decide to head to break. Uh, Sochi Hockey Beer Crackdown, not airtight. Got this from thestar.com. A uh, clever Calgary fan smuggles alcoholic beer into Thirsty Games hockey venue, Bolshoi Ice Dome, where Baltica Zero on tap tastes, quote, like water from boots. Now I can expand into this a little bit further. Uh, apparently, in Sochi, in the Ice Dome where the Olympic hockey is going on, uh, this columnist, he tried to order a beer from the woman behind the concession stand. He says she was almost giggling as she spoke, as if the joke was on me. Soon, a few of her co- uh, soon a few of her colleagues were speaking amongst themselves in Russian, looking my way and laughing, as if by script. Another worker chimed in with the punchline: "Beer, yes; alcohol, no. One hundred rubles." Witness Baltica Zero. It comes in a fetching can bearing a silhouette of a bia- uh, biathloner. I didn't even have the stomach to crack it open. As I shamefully stuck my purchase into my jacket pocket, I eyeballed two fans indulging in the product. I asked Maxim, which is apparently uh, another person, how he liked it. This beer, he said, it tastes like junkie. I'm drinking it for 20 minutes. 20 minutes and his half liter was half done. He cackled happily while his friend Sergey shook his head. My beer is in the garbage, said Sergey, nodding at the bin. How did it taste? Like water from boots. So, basically, the rationale... (laughs) Oxtail says, Water from Boots is actually the Russian translation of Miller Lite. Oh, uh, good good point there, Red Sox. I'm not going to get into that. Um, So, why no beer? Uh, This guy, Maxim, said, Because Russians, when they drink more, they become crazy. So, Russian lawmakers apparently trying to reduce... 
alcohol consumption during the Olympics at the arena, decided to just serve this Baltica Zero shit, whatever it is. Um, and some Canadians brought their own beer, were able to smuggle it in. So, I mean, they, they at least figured that out. I mean, you know, Canadians and their hockey got to have beer with it, too. Um, let's see. Uh, one of the smuggling Calgarians, Scott Sims, revealed the not-so-secret hiding places for his nectar... <sighs> nectar. Just call it a drink, asshole. He had one 500-milliliter can in each of the back pockets of his jeans and four or five in the backpack hiding beneath the Canada flag he was wearing as a cape. Oh, and he carried one in each hand as he strolled through the ticket scanners unbothered. We're all double-fisting as we walk in. It's like May 2nd through 4th weekend when you're 17. I guess, what is that, some Canadian holiday or something? I don't know. Um, So, at least... At the hockey arena, at the Olympics, they're not serving real beer. Other areas, for some reason, alcoholic beer can be found around the other venues. Uh, I mentioned last week, and I know Backtalk Radio did too, Molson has those um, Canadian passport-operated beer fridges. Uh, Let's see. Not far from the gates of the Ice Dome, there's a concession stand that sells full-strength Baltica on tap. Um, Yeah, so I mean... I, I don't understand why, specifically in the hockey arena. I mean, I guess watching snowboarding, you don't get crazy drinking with it. Watching ice dancing, you don't get crazy drunk with it. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, Little Matt has a good point. Watery beer, so just like every other fucking beer that you pay $9 for at sporting events. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is a shame. I mean, the last, last sporting event I went to, I was at a Devils game, and I got... Oh, fuck. And I'm... Why am I completely forgetting the name of the beer? It's... Uh, it's an ale. Tall. Yellow can. It's English, if I remember correctly. And I am completely forgetting what it was. But th- they had that there. Um, That was probably... That was honestly the best choice of things there. And that that's at least a good beer. But again, it was like $8, $9. It's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, hell, you looked at the prices for, you know, regular domestic beers at the Super Bowl. Wasn't it like, wasn't it like 14 bucks and like 16 or 17 for a premium? Okay, Oxtail says, you know, the Caps have Blue Moon for $8. And, oh, beer's good, but Jesus Christ, you can get an entire six-pack for that price. I mean, I, I think I, I think of that last Devils game, I had one beer, and you know what? I was happy with that. Didn't need another one. I was fine. Um... Ugh. And it's a captive audience. That's how they get you. Those things. I I would I would be a lot happier paying that premium price if there was a better selection. You know, it, it, say you know it, what would get me drinking at a hockey game. Well, anything gets me drinking at a hockey game. But what would get me purchasing beer at a hockey game? Say I don't know. Say the Devils partnered with. Cricket Hill or some other local Jersey brewer and had some exclusive brew at um oh okay uh yep little Matt has Super Bowl uh bottled beer $12 ooh buffalo mac and cheese that sounds good a hot a fucking hot chocolate 11 hot chocolate $11 bottled beer 12 I'm trying to figure out which one is more obscene Good lord. Holy shit, man. But anyway, 
if the devil's partnered with a local wait and th- th- there's hot chocolate for 20 t- Jesus oh, boy am I glad I'm not into football Oof. Um, but if the devil's partnered with a local brewer you know any other hockey arena hockey team partner with a local brewer and have some kind of exclusive brew that it, it's a small batch and it's only available at those games then paying the premium for it would make some sense and especially if that's the only place you can get it why not <sighs> i don't know if the teams just aren't interested in it if the brewers aren't interested in it or if nobody's just really had it come to mind but i think that that would be that would be great promotion for local breweries it would bring craft beer fans into these games and you know it, it and with these multi-purpose arenas where it's not just, you know, one sports team or whatever, you could have it served at multiple events. It's an idea, but there's there's probably a reason it's not being done. I don't know. Um, and I think, let's see, this will be the last one I'll hit probably before, well, I don't know, fuck it. Maybe I'll hit more before break, I don't know. Not hard and fast rules here on More Like Radio. We can uh, we can do all sorts of weird things, apparently. I've mentioned Omission Beer in the past. It's supposed to be a gluten-free beer. It's produced by the Craft Beer Alliance, known as the CBA. And apparently they have been denied gluten-free status on their label by the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. Now, what that basically means is that they can't actually label it as gluten-free. Now, I guess they hadn't really been doing that in the first place, but this article from Brewbound, it says, after reviewing the use of the term gluten-free in the labeling of alcoholic beverages, the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, Jesus Christ, these government agencies with their long-ass names, announced Tuesday that it would continue, and this is uh, last Tuesday apparently, would continue to uh, consider the claim misleading if used to describe products made from gluten-containing grains. So the problem with this is there's a bit of a determination between truly gluten-free and doesn't, you know, doesn't contain a lot of gluten kind of thing, I guess. It, it has to do with the parts per million. Um, let's see. Do, 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 company, let's see. Uh, CBA had been previously working with a group of scientists from around the world to produce a study that validated a testing method for gluten-removed products. Last May, the American Association of Serial Chemists validated CBA study, and in November, the non-profit, non-profit Celiac Spruce Association awarded omission its recognition seal after the beers met the organization's stringent requirements and tested well below the FDA standard for gluten-free of 20 parts per million. So, this nonprofit group seems to think it's okay. The government doesn't. Okay, whatever. Um, let's see. Duckfoot, Duckfoot Brewing Company, which competed in Brewbound Startup Brewery Challenge last December, also brews with malted barley, uses Brewer's Clarex. Brewer's Clarex is used to remove gluten from gluten reduced offerings that's basically what they have to call them now gluten reduced um uh, during his pitch at the brewbound session duckfoot founder matt del vecchio said he wouldn't release a beer that surpassed the 20 parts per million threshold 
and Duckfoot said they're they're just you know bypassing the labeling rules by just leaving the information off the packaging. Interested drinkers can go to their website, find out the brews are gluten reduced below twenty parts per million. But a, co- a consumer that wasn't actively seeking the brand for that reason would be none the wiser. Now, you can say all you want about you know gluten-free diets being fads. There are legitimate, you know, people that have celiac disease, and if they want to be able to enjoy a beer, there are, I guess you have to call them gluten-reduced um, options out there. But I guess it, it just make it more confusing. I don't know. Um, oh, you know, um, let me just kick back a little bit uh, when I was mentioning. Um, brewers trying to tie in with local teams, um, and you know what? I, I it just dawned on me why this may not why they may not be able to do it. Uh, little Matt mentioned the Colorado brewery that sent beer to Peyton Manning, and why couldn't the Broncos do a deal where they served that at home games? Um, I think I think it was uh, Left Hand Brewing that did it, if I remember correctly, and I bet it's a fucking sponsorship thing because Bud Light is the official beer of the NFL. And Bud Light probably says, "You can't fucking do that. We're 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 gonna approve what you can put in our stadiums." At least with the NFL, I have a feeling that's the case. So, uh, but anyway, back to this gluten-free thing. Um, let's see. Other breweries like New Planet Beer are happy to use the gluten-free tag because of the ingredients they use. Uh, ingredients like sorghum brown rice, corn extract, which are the base components for the majority of the company's offerings. So it's a difference between the companies using Brewer's Clarex to remove gluten from the beers versus the ones that are using different ingredients entirely, using gluten-free ingredients. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a mixed bag when it comes to these gluten-reduced and gluten-free beers anyway. In fact, there, one, you know, on an upcoming show, what I may do is just do an entire uh, build a six pack of the gluten free, gluten reduced beers. I know uh, Shop by Me in their uh, build a six pack selection has a couple omission beers. Uh, there's stuff I've had before, like Red Bridge. I've had Bards, and usually I can find those in build a six pack selections too. So may- maybe one show I'll just kind of do a general you know taste testing, uh, maybe even just a blind taste testing. I'm gonna have my wife set up a flight for me. I need to get one of those flight paddles so I can do that. Be all official. But do a blind taste testing and just kind of see which one, you know, without any preconceived notions, which one actually tastes like beer, which one doesn't, stuff like that. I don't know. It might be a good idea. Because I know there there are probably at least a few listeners out there that either have celiac or they try and stay gluten-free for other health reasons. Um, so with that... Um. Okay, you know, after the break, I will... Got a few things here. Another thing... I was on Reddit all weekend, so what the hell. Um, one thing I picked up it had to do with the government. Uh, that They were apparently poisoning people via alcohol during Prohibition. Um, of course, nowadays that doesn't really seem to surprise us, but Jesus Christ... I think the government may have actually been more evil back then. Um, drone strikes notwithstanding. Uh, university builds fake pub to study drinkers. Uh, convict made wine is supposed to hit New York City restaurants. And yeah, little Matt, so when am I not on Reddit? I know. I, 
when Reddit goes down, I freak out because I really have nothing to do. Because I, I finished uh, I finished playing the first part of Broken Age, which if anybody is into uh, point-and-click adventure games, uh, especially stuff by Tim Schafer, it is a new offering from him, and it's brilliant, really well done. Check that out. But this isn't a gaming podcast, so uh, don't really have anything to say about that. Um, what else I got here? <laughs> another another stupid beer cooling idea. I mean, this one's dumb. It's called a spin chill. I'll, I'll get into that after the break. Oh, Butt Monkey played Broken Age. Yep. Yeah, I, I actually I um I finished uh the yeah I finished the girl side for those you know I might as well explain it. Basically, two halves to the story. There's this guy kind of on a spaceship, more futuristic, and then there's this girl in a village. You play two sides of the story. I finished the girl side of the story. I I actually finished the guy side of the story last week. Finished the girl side the other day, and it it cliffhangs pretty well into Act Two that should be out by the end of the year. R- really well done. If you like the old classic point and click adventure games, check it out. Um. So let's see what else I got after break. Uh, I'll. Uh, I want to talk about hops a little bit because I've been getting a little bit more into studying that. But that's one thing. It, it'll be a time permitting kind of thing because I I could probably go on and on and on with that because there's a lot of stuff to talk about with that. Uh, trademark dispute for uh, Schlafly or Schlafly Schlafly yeah Schlafly Brewing uh, out of St. Louis. Uh, top 10 online U.S. craft beer retailers. Some of this stuff, you know, time permitting. Of course, and I got the new releases and reveals for the week. So, um, yeah. So I'll hit that after the break. And if you guys are good and you want me to, maybe I'll play my new promo just so you guys can uh, laugh at me. And uh, Dennis will probably post that gif in the chat again that he had. At the top of the show, I'll be back after this brief break here on Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Alcohol by Volume, Kevin Show. Hey! It's the name of the show. Hey! More like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's get nuts! Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find your drunkenness fitter. You're on appeal. I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. The newest episodes of Talk Radio Meltdown air first on More Like Radio. Listen to new episodes every Friday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern at morelikeradio.com. More Like Radio has a lot of great shows, including ours. Talk Radio Meltdown every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. Listen in at morelikeradio.com. Many of us grew up reading the works of Jules Verne and books like Treasure Island, great classic fantasy novels. I love reading fantasy, but most of the fantasy novels released today read like a role-playing game. I'm interested in characters and stories when reading fantasy novels, and I found a fantasy novel written with the story and the characters as the focus. The book is titled Daughter of Vengeance, and the author is David Timrick. David Timrick is a self-published author who has written several books, and they are all top-rated on Amazon. 
Daughter of Vengeance is a story about a young lady who's thrust into a world of espionage, betrayal, and murder. A survivor at heart, she befriends a master assassin who takes her as his apprentice. After years of training and careful planning, she begins her life as one of the king's many spies. Unknown to her, a plot has slowly been unraveling, which will not only destroy the fragile peace of the kingdom, but could descend the world into chaos and war. Can Michelle rise above the shortcomings and failures of her predecessors and set right the wrongs done centuries before? And will her life be the ultimate price she pays for the sins of others? You'll have to read Daughter of Vengeance by David Timrick to find out. So visit his website, davidtimrick.com, to buy your copy today. David Timrick, T-E-M-R-I-C-K, davidtimrick.com. Daughter of Vengeance is available on Kindle and in paperback. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., tune in to More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio with Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. <sighs> All right, you're such a diva now that you have your own show with guest host Punchy, Greenway, and whoever else shows up on Skype or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of cum and beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh, fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne through the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the apocalypse. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp. Something. Something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. God, what are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I I hope you end your life. Now get off the the microphone while I talk to my pal. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I would rather go one mile down the road than inconvenience men behind me. Mm -hmm. In my mouth, with my tongue, and testicles. Oh. The official statement is fag! Zach, um, uh, um, as far as your routine goes, how... You know, because do you ever, like, do, like, with, uh... Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Yeah, you can't sell Betsy's milk. No luck. Absolutely no luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can't sell that milk. I got pain. It's all I have. Yo, I got pain. I don't know why I said I 
I'm gonna smell it. Dude fucking takes the bread, shoves it in her ass, shits it back out, puts it in the case. That's how you wrap the bread. You can jiggle your fist around in there without hitting the sides. The Orange Room, 9 to 11, Saturday nights on More Like Radio. On this episode of the daytime drama Conti and Kenny, Conti shows compassion for Kenny's flailing comedy career. There's, especially in this area where we are, the Northeast, there's 10,000 people that want to be comics that sort of do it here and there. Or they wanted to. Not, don't look at my schedule. No, I wasn't putting you in that. Group. I've been doing it ten years. You know what I mean? Not right now. I'm in a little. Not in a I'm, row. I'm, I'm, <laughs> 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 yeah, you jerk off. The Conti and Kenny Show High Society Radio is now part of MoreLikeRadio.com. Who's all part of the More Like the uh, More Like Radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining next? Oh well, Hippo Juice—they're the the soul behind More right. Like Radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio—that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster. That's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No. You're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family. A family of gangsters. Take the edge off. Morelikeradio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo, as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Elvis and Albert Show, Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone? It's Bill. I'm phoning in. Oh, he's phoning it in. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Halfpenny Pub of Sayville. That's right. Punk rock music, independent music, and all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy party stuff. <laughs> Here on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalfred.com, 24-7. Yeah! The Elvis and Alfred Show. A ton of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. Are you limping? My hip is achy. Oh, I wonder if it's your shoes. You tried different shoes? I try on four different pairs of shoes with every outfit. Rain or shine, you know that. Oh. What did you do? Well, he could try on a hundred different pairs. It's not going to matter. The left heel is an eighth of an inch shorter on every single pair. <laughs> this is so crazy, Nick. Oh, my God. You know what we should do? We should take those shavings and then sprinkle them by his car. Let me just get this clear. Take the little bit of dust, 
and go outside and put it near his car? Yes. That's not a prank. Yes, it is. That's just kind of littering. His whole ride to okay, work, he's, he's been done. thinking like, what? So we're pranking him so he thinks while we're not around, what? It's too small. You've got to go bigger than that. Well, anyway, i got to fill this up with pee. Ew, why? So I can pour it all over Schmidt's bed and make him think he's incontinent. That's disgusting, Nick. Hey, sometimes up close, art is ugly. Got an idea. Instead of urine, we use acid. <laughs> Put it on his face, all right? Welcome back to Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. If you want to Skype in, alcohol by volume, all one word, or the phone number, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. <laughs> and uh, little Matt in the chat already made a meme out of the um, chocolate mustache. It's a brilliant image. I mustache you to drink IPAs. Thank you, Matt. That was, uh, <laughs> I actually do like that. I can't. I can't really bust on that too much. That was pretty good. Um, okay. So let's see. What do I got here? Uh, I got myself derailed here. I started like, trying to post stuff to in- Instagram, and then I blamed it on Brent, and it was actually Matt. And I have no idea what the fuck's going on. So, um, you know what? Let me start with this one here. Uh, it's the government poisoning people with alcohol during prohibition. Well, not poisoning with alcohol, via the alcohol. This was from the uh, subreddit Today I Learned, so I did not know this before, and now I do. Uh, Mitch might actually be more familiar with the lovely site this came from, policestateusa.com. I don't know how legitimate this site is, but basically, during Prohibition, the government had a problem knocking out the black market sources of alcohol, imports from border towns near Canada. I mean, people skipping over to Canada, bringing stuff back. The government basically got desperate. Uh, Government prohibitionists actually started poisoning certain alcohol supplies, initially to try and keep people from drinking them. However... Well, people want their drinks. By 1927, more than 50,000 people may have been fatally poisoned by alcohol that was produced under the auspices of the U.S. government, with many more suffering from blindness or paralysis. Yes, more like Gray State. Yes, Gray State. Um, <laughs> yeah, Infowars.com. Of course, go to Infowars.com. You know, chemtrails and you know, all that stuff. I don't know. I can't do a impression of that asshole. Um, okay, so the biggest poison that was used was methyl alcohol, which is actually a byproduct of distillation, ordinarily removed from alcohol, and uh, the less conscientious bootleggers... They'd be uh, prodded by politicians to not extract it from the booze. This was uh, from the article on policestateusa.com. Wayne Wheeler, the lobbyist who headed the powerful Anti-Saloon League. Yeah, you don't, you don't have saloons anymore, do you? And the architect behind the Volstead Act, 
was unmoved by the carnage the poisoning program wrought. The government is under no obligation to furnish people with alcohol that is drinkable when the Constitution prohibits it. So, basically, by his logic, the Constitution says you can't have this, so we are under no obligation to not kill you with it. Yeah. Uh, The person who drinks this industrial alcohol is a deliberate suicide. But the public's awareness of the program is unclear. The Anti-Saloon League not only promoted methyl alcohol's inclusion as a denaturant, but opposed labeling regulations meant to deter diversion of the products that contained it, despite the proscriptions of the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906. Compounding the issue, bootleggers skillfully adorned their counterfeit bottles of Canadian and European liquors with quality facsimile labels. Wheeler's callous attitude a sad foreshadowing of the treatment perpetrators of similar victimless crimes in the coming decades would face, prompted Columbia University President Dr. Nicholas Murray Butler to declare the poisoning program legalized murder. Yeah. And so when, when we think about how fucking backwards our society is and our government are at times with alcohol and at least until more recently with pot, the government used to be so much more evil when it came down to it. I mean, imagine if they somehow put forth an initiative to poison, you know, marijuana crops, um, you know, to fit the agenda of some, you know, oh my God, marijuana drugs, cigarette reefers are ruining our youth. So dangerous, they'll go crazy. Yeah. You know, those nut jobs. But, you know, it's not to say our government doesn't do some truly evil shit now, but, I don't know, at least they, they seem to be better at hiding it, I suppose. You know, WikiLeaks, notwithstanding. Um, okay, university builds fake pub to study drinkers. Now, you might wonder, why wouldn't they just, uh, I don't know, go to a regular pub? <laughs> God, God damn it, Matt. Oh, that's gonna that's going to take on a life of its own, isn't it? Um, uh, where do I got this? Got this from the drinksbusiness.com. London University has built a 20,000 pound, so what is that, like five bucks? Uh, High tech fake pub so that psychology students can study the effects of alcohol on behavior. Again, you know, you, you might say, uh, you know, why not just study at a regular pub? Well, if you want to actually do scientific studies, you got to have a more controlled environment. What they're actually doing, though, is kind of neat trying to emulate the actual environment of a pub. Uh, The high-tech observation station was built at a cost of £20,000 on the fourth floor of LSBU's main building, uh, London South Bank University. Boasts CCTV cameras, authentic lighting, music, and even the pre-recorded background chatter played through hidden speakers to help convince participants that they are in a real bar. Even the glasses are lightly rubbed with a small quantity of ethanol to create the smell of a pub. Okay, pretty neat idea right there. Um, What the hell is going on in the chat with that user? I have no idea. Uh, uh, Fake bar labs have been used to conduct research at a number of U.S. universities, which actually kind of surprises me because knowing our relationship and our fear of alcohol over here... Uh, This is thought to be the first in the UK. Uh, They wanted to recreate the feel of a proper pub to test reactions in as authentic a setting as possible, 
but where conditions could be controlled. Just like I said, it's not going to help you trying to study behaviors in a pub when all of a sudden some nut job smashes a beer bottle over a counter and then starts randomly stabbing people. Your study might get a little bit tainted there. So the glass will smell of alcohol, but whether there's any actual alcohol in the drink will depend, said Dr. Moss, who specializes in the cognitive aspects of addiction and the application of decision theory for understanding the onset, maintenance, and offset of addictive behaviors. Research, he says, is crucial in getting better understanding of why and how people drink. You know what? I, I, I could save them some money. You know, you know why I drink? The world fucking blows. Simple answer right there. Ha! <laughs> Give me 20,000 pounds. No, five bucks, whatever. Um, every experiment has to be approved by the university's ethics committee with the amount of alcohol dispensed carefully controlled up to the drink-drive limit. Okay, makes sense. They're trying to be safe with this. Props include a fruit machine to test risk-taking behavior. I'm assuming that means a... Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, oh, God. Uh, slot machine. Uh, I'm assuming that's what they mean when they say fruit machine. Uh, unless it's a machine that you press a button and a gay guy, gay guy pops out. I don't know. I guess that would be some risk-taking behavior right there. Uh, wire loop games to test hand-eye coordination with plans to install a jukebox to test the effects of different types of music on drinking behavior. Yeah, you get the you know Irish drinking songs going and uh, yeah, your behavior is going to change. Uh, hidden CCTV cameras record every move made by the lab's guinea pigs and relay it in real time to students in nearby rooms while mobile eye tracers where participants wear Google Glass type equipment will monitor precisely where a person is looking. This, it is hoped, will help determine whether people actually look at and read posters with information about how to safely consume alcohol. <laughs> I guess that's another answer. Well, yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> I, I would probably look at and read them and then I'd laugh at them like, hey, you're going to tell me how to safely consume this shit. Uh-huh. Um, it's not the sort of research you can conduct in a real pub. There are too many other influences and a lack of experimental control. Again, like I said, the beer pumps, too, are a prop. They're not hooked up to actual beer kegs. Now, that's disappointing. We're not going to be serving beer every single day, and it goes off fairly quickly. I think by saying it goes off, they mean it'll go flat or whatever. I don't know. Go stale. Um, God damn it. (laughs) Oh, that chocolate mustache. Yep. Matt, you have way too much time on your hands, dude. <laughs> um, okay, this next one, this is a little more local, and I, this is from the New York... Well, it's from the drinks business, according to a report in the New York Post, but fuck the New York Post. Bottles of wine made by convicted murderers are to go on sale at some of New York's most stylish restaurants. I think this is this is more of that um, we're rich and we want you know some of this shocking stuff and we'll pay money for it. I don't know. Um, oh, apparently uh, Mario Batali's restaurant is guilty of this. Mario Batali's Del Posto in Chelsea and the Midtown Italian hotspot Felidia are planning to serve up bottles of Fresco Baldi per Gorgona D.O.C. a crisp white. Vermentino, uh, let's see, Vermentino and Ens- uh, let's see, Ensenica blend. I think I got those right. 
I assume those are grape blends. Uh, made by criminals incarcerated at a prison on a small Tuscan island. Well, at least it's a Tuscan island and they're not, you know, making toilet wine at Gitmo or something like that. Uh, around 50 inmates in prison on the island pick grapes and steer tractors as part of a rehabilitation program launched in partnership with one of Italy's most respected wine dynasties, Frescobaldi. Now, it, I can at least understand it. You know, there's an Italian pedigree here, so it's an interesting idea. Uh, you got these... The, the thing that surprises me is that these are convicted murderers doing this. Regular old convicted criminals making wine, okay. But murderers, you don't really see good rehabilitation with murderers, I wouldn't think. But, you know. Um, son of a bitch. Yeah, I know, Matt. You listen to me babble for two hours every week. Of course you have time. Um, one of the convicted murderers is uh, Benedetto Serralo, the hitman hired to gun down Maurizio Gucci of Italian Fashion House Gucci in 1995. Uh, the project to produce wine on the island was announced in June last year by prominent Italian wine producer Frescobaldi, having planted vines on the island a number of years ago. So whether or not they planned to do this, or if this was just a place that Frescobaldi was going to grow grapes, you know, and just so happened that they decided to have these inmates imprisoned on the island at the same time, I don't know. Uh, it's hoped the scheme will help prisoners get a job after they're released. Oh, so they, they're they going to be releasing murderers. Uh, not, uh, not feeling safe in that part of the world now. Around 2,700 cases of the wine have been produced by the inmates this year, around 1,000 cases of which are set to go on sale in the U.S., including New York. Starting next week, restaurants including the Leopard at Desartistes on the Upper West Side ooh, will begin serving the wine... Speaking to the New York Post, Gianfranco Sorrentino, owner of the Leopard at Des Artistes, said, We bought the wine because it is very good. It is very big and very structured. Yeah, I bet this Gianfranco Sorrentino likes things that are very big and very structured. <laughs> we also support the concept behind the wine, adding that he believes people deserve second chances. Okay, fair enough. I figure, if, if you're going to incarcerate these people, make them do something worthwhile. Um... This does seem like a kind of elitist worthwhile, but yeah. Uh, when the guests ask for the wine, we'll tell them the story behind it, why we bought it, and what we're trying to do. The Gorgona wine, which retails at $95 per bottle. I guess in the wine world, that's not horrendous, but still, well, then again, I bought a $200 thing of uh, Sam and M's Utopias, like I want to talk. Uh, tells the story of its creation on its label. Inmates on the island, which is located in the Mediterranean Sea, also grow vegetables and make olive oil. So, at least they're being more productive members of society. I guess we could look at it that way. Um, I have no idea who that bot is. I, I, I could guess it's Mitch, but I don't think it is. Uh, got this one from craftbeertime.com. It's another one of those gimmicky things. I know uh, some stuff I've mentioned in the past, like, beer holsters and um, fuck, what, what were some of the other things? Just like d different beer coolers and just all very gimmicky kind of stuff. This one, it's called the Spin Chill 
beer chiller. I'll post an image for it in the chat. And again, if, if you're listening live and you're not in the chat and you have no idea how to get in the chat, you can join the chat at morelikeradio.com slash live. So I'll post the image in here. You'll look at it. It either looks like some kind of bizarre sex toy or the way I see it as a power drill. There's actually a Vine video for the spin chill in action. I believe, yeah, I can copy the video URL. Um, just going to post that URL in the chat. I apologize that it is a ridiculously long URL, but that should get you to it. And it shows you it in action. Basically what it is, it it's like a small drill, but it has a head on it that's wide enough to grip a can. Now, obviously, this is only going to work with canned beer. So, it grips the can, and it spins it around in a cold bath. You know, cold water, some ice, whatever. You know, if you don't want to bring a big cooler with you or whatever, so, you you know, you keep your beer outside of the cooler, have the cooler, spin it around in there. Supposedly, it works with convection to quickly cool your beer to drinking temperature in no time. Simply lock well, you know, it actually does say beer bottle on this thing, but I don't know. Uh, beer bottle or can into the end of the spin chill. Uh, works with soda cans and wine bottles. You know, I bet um, I bet you'd be attaching it to the bottom of the bottle in this case, not the top. Uh, spin your brew in a bucket or cooler of water and ice for a minute. Boom, cold beer. But then your beer will be all shaken up. Nope. They say it actually foams less than usual. The problem, <laughs> Oxtail has a <laughs> smart comment there. It looks like a device used to get a woman pregnant. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. Um, or something, some weird device that involves a vagina in some fashion. Um, it, it, it looks like a power drill. It, it, or it at least acts like a power drill. I could probably take my power drill, maybe put a little, I don't know, foam padding around the neck of a beer, you know, open up the chuck for the power drill, put the beer in there, spin it just the same way, and I'm good. Now, um, let's see, it's, is it spinchill.com? They're selling it for 30 bucks. I mean, honestly, you, you can get a cheap power drill for that price anyway. And if you already have a power drill, this seems kind of like a silly purchase. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a gimmicky kind of thing. It, it, seems like one of those things you'd see in a, you know, as seen on TV store or all that as seen on TV shit at the front of Walmart, you know, with the, 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 ah, bra and the, those, you know, slippers that have, you know, animal mouths on them to go up and down. And, uh, what else is there? There's something that can, let's see, microwave potatoes, um, those ridiculous, like, Heights that look like jeans or whatever. There's a lot of a lot of shit for women there. It seems. I guess they're implying that they stay home all day and watch TV. I don't know. So, I uh, just another gimmicky kind of thing with that. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna get into the hop stuff. This one, this one actually annoyed me just because it's it has to deal with you know a fucking. N- nosy bitch that happens to be a conservative conservative activist nosy bitch that is getting into something that she really, I don't know, shouldn't be. She has a little bit of justification, I'd say, maybe because of her name, but 
It has to do with uh, Schlafly Beer out of St. Louis, Missouri. They've been operating under the name of Schlafly since 1991, so 23 years now. The brewery owns two trademark registrations for design marks featuring the name, along with other words on the label. So I would assume like the you know Schaff, um, Schlafly Beer brewed in uh, St. Louis that you might see on their uh, six-packs and their bottles, things like that. But they didn't seek registration for the Schlafly mark on its own until 2011. That's when the problem arose and there was some opposition to it. Uh, um, yeah, I know I'm umming all over the place today. I, I, I try not to in the first half of the show. In the second half of the show, all bets are off. Uh, the application was approved. It was published in July 2012 but was opposed by members of the Schlafly family, most notably conservative activist Phyllis Schlafly. Now, let me, uh, let me bring her up on Google so, so we can uh, get some good information on her. Let's see. She is an American constitutional lawyer, conservative activist, author, and founder of the Eagle Forum. She's known for her staunch social and political conservatism, her opposition to modern feminism. So basically, this means she should be staying in the kitchen, right? If she's going to practice what she preaches. And for her campaign against the proposed Equal Rights Amendment, her self-published book, A Choice, Not an Echo, was published in 1964 from her home in Alton, Illinois, across the Mississippi River from her native St. Louis. She formed Pear Marquette Publishers Company. She's co-authored books on national defense and was highly critical of arms control agreements with the Soviet Union, blah, 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 blah. So you kind of get, you know, get the whole sense of her. Um, I, I actually remember probably the first time I ever saw her name come up and I, I didn't comprehend who she was or what she stood for or whatever. Back reading like Bloom County and Outland comics years and years ago, if any of you guys remember that with Opus the Penguin. So she opposed this along with a couple other members of the family, but she's the one that's pretty much spearheading this. Uh, in the article, let's see, the oppositions. There's a little bit of legalese here, but it, it, I, I think it'll make this make more sense. The notices of opposition all list as the sole ground for opposition that the Schlafly mark is primarily merely a surname. So they're saying that name is just a surname. It's not anything else. U.S. trademark law prohibits the registration of any mark that is primarily merely a surname unless the mark has acquired distinctiveness as a source indicator. McDonald's for fast food, Ford for cars, Miller for beer. So you kind of get that. I mean, yes, those are surnames, but they're synonymous with, you know, whatever they're associated with. Uh, the trademark office uses a four-part test to determine whether a term is, quote, primarily merely a surname. One, whether the surname is rare. Two, whether the term is the surname of anyone connected with the applicant. Uh, three, whether the term has any recognized meaning other than as a surname. And four, whether it has the look and feel of a surname. Okay. Um... Also, it goes on to say there's no hard and fast rule as to how many results of like looking up the rareness of a name is sufficient to take the name outside of the rare category. So, I mean, it's it's kind of you know it's a judgment kind of thing. Um, 
Okay, yeah, it, it, Dennis has it right. You know, she's a cunt. Yeah, basically, it. Um, and it, to be fair, I mean, one one of the comments on this article says they didn't even know that she was related to the Schlafly Beer or Schlafly Brewing Company until actually reading this article. I I, I had no fucking clue. I never made that connection. I just thought it was a not necessarily common surname, but not an uncommon surname. Um, the parties have yet to submit evidence in this case. So it's unknown where the Schlafly name may fall in terms of rareness. Even if it was found to be primarily merely a surname, the brewery would still be able to register the mark if it could show that the term has acquired distinctiveness as a result of its long-standing use. I think that's where the brewers have the power with this one. They've been operating under the name since 1991. Um, I would think that if this bitch had any real opposition to this before now, she would have said something. Uh, she would have, you know, pursued legal action before that saying they're using my name. I don't want to be associated with them. Make them change it. Um, let's see. Uh, interestingly, the, okay, okay. This, this, this is the good shit here. Interestingly, the notices of opposition also raised other arguments seemingly unrelated to the surname issue. For instance, Phyllis Schlafly's notice of opposition included the following allegations. Now, here is where it gets extraordinarily cunty. The Schlafly surname, quote, has the connotation of conservative values, which to millions of Americans, such as Baptists and Mormons, means abstinence from alcohol. Fuck you. The, quote, consumption of alcohol is considered immoral by millions of Americans. Remember that uh, unhealthy relationship I mentioned about with our country and its behavior towards booze and how we're all fucking scared of it? (laughs) This is where it comes from. The consumption of alcohol is considered immoral by millions of Americans, including many of the subscribers to my monthly newsletter and consumers of my radio shows, books, and other products, including Baptists and Mormons. I'd love to fucking know what skeletons this bitch has in her closet, because you know they're there. You know they're fucking there. (coughs) Um, Registration of the Schlafly Mark, quote, would falsely suggest a connection between me and alcoholic beverages and, quote, could be harmful to my conservative values. How is this beer affecting your conservative values? If, this, if, if your conservative values are that weak that this beer is going to affect them uh, and could be harmful to people's you know, view on them, then the sheep that you're parading around are fucking morons anyway. Um, it appears the opposers may be attempting to introduce other potential grounds for opposition into the proceeding, including that the mark falsely suggests a connection with a person, institution, belief, blah, blah, blah. Um, however, they would likely have an uphill battle to prevail on any of these claims. For example, in order to succeed on a, quote, false connection claim, they would need to show, among other things, that the mark points uniquely and unmistakably to the opposer. So it's not that this is, you know, um, it's not like, like the, you know, Schlafly, um, ah, oh, this name kills me. Schlafly Brewing has, you know, a, a beer called Phyllis. <laughs> of that, yeah, they may have grounds. Um, so um, 
if it points uniquely and unmistakably to the opposer. Uh, example, Bo Ball as a reference to Bo Jackson. Baseball's evil empire as a reference to the Yankees. This is all from the article. I'm not just coming up with these myself. Uh, similarly, in order to prevail on, quote, the name of a living individual claim, the opposer would need to show, among other things, that she will be associated with the mark as used on the goods, either because she's so well-known the public would reasonably assume the connection, such as the Obama pajama, apparently that was a thing, uh, or because she's publicly connected with the business in which the mark is used. So basically what they're saying is, un- unless she can prove that they're trying to associate her with the beer, she doesn't have any grounds. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt to stop the article, don't give this cunt press. Yeah, if there if there was a Watastic Brewing Company, my last name, for instance, would you hate the brewery or drink the shit out of that brewery? I'd drink the shit out of that brewery! Well, you know what I mean? It would be beer. I, I, I'd do it anyway. But I... Honestly, I think that was awesome. And you know what? Okay, let's say, um, I don't know. Let's say I still hated all IPAs. And there was a brewery, I don't know, Kevin Brewing Company that only did IPAs. And I'd say, well, shit, this makes me look bad. People are going to think that I only like IPAs. It's a bad example, but, you know, you kind of get the thing there. Oxtail wants to donkey punch her, and I completely uh completely understand that um another comment in the article was actually a good one uh, it it seems more like that she she's this bitch is all worried about saying you know it you know people are going to associate beer with her politics and everything and oh no it's going to taint it's going to taint her stand and I think this bitch actually stands more to taint the beer with her reputation. Now, again, I didn't even know that she was the same family as the makers of this beer. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to give this bitch any more press. But I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that Schlafly prevails with this. I like their beers. I've had a lot of their stuff before. They do good stuff. Uh, fuck this bitch and her. Yeah, yeah I know oxtail. Ter- horrible example. I, I, I can't think on the fly, especially especially when I've been drinking. I can't think on the fly, but even at the best of times, I, I'm not good at analogies. Just like Winston's not good at puzzles or pranks. Uh, you know what? I'll do this. Yeah, I, I think I can do this one more here. I think I'll talk about hops next week because. Um, that may give me an opportunity to actually go uh, get maybe a six-pack of IPAs. And, yeah, <laughs> Oxtail heard that. Dogs are barking. Yeah, my wife is home. So, <laughs> God damn it. That's that's the problem with these uh, condenser mics. They will pick up everything. They sound good, but they will pick up everything. Um, but I'll, 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 I think I'll do my hops talk next week. because I do want to get more into that. I want to pick up, uh, build a six-pack of IPAs and see if I can find like certain hops that I have listed in some of these charts. There were actually a couple of good charts that I found that really go into the traits of some of the hops. I mean, there have been there have been hops varieties I've mentioned on the show, like you know, Cascade, Citra, stuff like that. And 
up to this point, they've always just kind of been names to me that, okay, this is a type of hops, this is a type of hops, this is a type of hops. But I'm not, you know, associating it with a certain bitterness level, a certain aroma, a certain flavor. And, yeah, Matt's right. Just wait until I have two screaming kids in the house. Uh, I'll be I'll be begging for overtime at work at that point, and I fucking hate my job. <sighs> Maybe I'll pick up more video jobs. I can only hope. <laughs> I like my family. I really do. I really do. Uh, But also maybe I could um, grab in some of the gluten-free beers, or I'm sorry, gluten-reduced beers and, you know, do some of the taste testing with that. I don't know. This show is so free-flowing. I can always do all that different stuff. But this one, I got this from AverageGuysGuideToBeer.com, and it listed the top 10 online U.S. craft beer retailers. Now, whether these are actually the tops, you know, it's this guy's opinion. However, the reason I uh, found this interesting going through here was that there are actually some of these that do ship to New Jersey, which is what piqued my curiosity with the list in the first place. Uh, I don't know why they gave an honorable mention at the beginning, but okay. It's a site called France 44. It's France44.com. Uh, He says, it's very popular and rightfully so. The reason I didn't include it in the top 10 is that every time I visit their homepage, my antivirus says that it blocks a Trojan. I think this is a shortcoming of my antivirus and not their site, but I didn't feel like clicking around while getting constant warnings about my computer's impending demise. Um, Let's see. This guy was running a vast. I'm running Microsoft Security Essentials, so let's see what happens with me and if it uh, comes up crazy. Uh, Nope, I'm not getting any warnings. Um... You know, uh, decent looking side. They, hell, they got looks like uh, well, shit. They're advertising whiskey classes. It looks like they've got they've got cheese on here, bourbon, um, surly furious, ten bucks for a four pack of cans. With these sites, where they hit you is the shipping. Some of them will kind of uh, integrate the shipping costs into the beers or the wines or the bourbon or whatever. And then offer you free shipping. It's not really free. You know, you're you're paying a premium for this stuff. Um, oh, honeycomb, raw raw milk. Okay. Uh, interest interesting amount of stuff on here. Uh, Fulton's lonely blonde bottles. Six pack for eight ninety nine. Again, this is a site where I don't think they're rolling in the the shipping. Um, Tallgrass eight bit pale ale. Huh. Those are actually pretty cool cans on that. This this might be an opportunity, you know, one of these sites to to get the bacon vodka for me finally. I did kind of look for it in Florida, but did not find it. I really want to try that. But anyway, um, I'll progress through the list here because this uh, this may be Jesus Christ. This may be useful for some of you guys too, just trying to find stuff that you can't find locally, and if you don't want to deal with a beer trade. Uh, number 10, beer on the wall. If you're not sure what beer your beer-loving loved one might be looking for, this is a great place to go. While the selections are not as extensive as one might hope, they do offer many gift options. Gift options are always good. Um, I'll open up that link, but I'll continue. These various sets are a simple solution to the at times daunting task of holiday shopping. If you don't quite like their pre-made gift sets, you can make your own with various options. Uh, they have beer clubs as well, which is allows flexibility. You can choose which months you'll get beer, cancel any time excuse me large selection of beer glassware and merchandise 
They ship from California to most states. They even ship to uh, Pennsylvania, which this guy says he didn't even know was possible. Uh, now, the problem is I just tried to load the site, and at least the... Is it redirecting me? No, the gift shop link did not hit, so I'm wondering if they are having a problem with this site. It's beeronthewall.com. And, oh dear, Chrome's not loading it, so. What is this blog from? Uh, let me look at the date on this blog. No, this one, this was posted recently, so I don't know what the hell's going on. Problem with them, I guess. Brewforia, number nine. I've actually been to Brewforia. I had a cart set up, but I just, I couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, despite the great name, this isn't the most visually appealing site, but that doesn't matter because you're here for the beer. Their location in Idaho allows for a selection of beer from around the Rockies, West Coast, and Alaska. That's the big thing with some of these sites. If you have a West Coast-centric site, that's good for people like me on the East Coast. Uh, if you click on an individual brewery, there's an informative bio. One of the best features is a 5 10 or 15% discount off any 6 12 or 24 bottles, respectively, that you order. Obviously... The more you order, the better value you're going to get. Uh, a lot of the times with shipping and everything, you know, a, a, a lot of things are like that. The more you order, the better shipping price you're going to get. Um, they have a Deschutes Northwest Sampler. Uh, but it says, despite the standard shipping terms, they unfortunately don't ship to over 20 states, which will limit who can use their site. I can't remember if Bruforia actually did say they'd ship to New Jersey. As I've said before, New Jersey's weird with some of that. Um, oh. Oxtail says, bacon vodka tastes like imitation bacon bits soaked in lighter fluid. Ah, you see, Marianne had it, and she liked it, so I don't know. Hmm. Um, oh, Fulton's Lonely Blonde is the same as drinking Bud Light. Okay. And uh, Mitch in the chat. Welcome, sir. You know what? I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Mitch heard the... Uh, the promo, so maybe now is a good time to play it so he can laugh at me and uh, actually give me a really quick bathroom break so I can finish this up and get to the uh, new releases for the week. Let me see. I got it in here somewhere. Uh, I will be... Let's see. I'll be right back. Listen to More Like Radio every Tuesday night for the answer to this question that's on everybody's lips. What does the trunk say? Um, on your... And that gives Dennis the opportunity to post that gif in the chat once again, which is fucking brilliant. You know, I, I, I gotta save that. I have to save that because it is that fantastic. And thank you for listening, Oxtail. He's headed back to work. Ah, uh, number eight on the online U.S. craft beer retailers. Bring on the beer. It's a shop from Oregon. Uh, they say it's small but precise in appearance. Uh, limited selection of breweries but they offer many of the West Coast heavy hitters in the beer scene. It's important, like uh, Russian River, 
Deschutes, Cascade, Hair of the Dog. Uh, they've also included stuff from Cigar City. Uh, they even had uh, Pliny the Elder from Russian River, which is pretty surprising. Uh, if you're looking for some of the most sought-after rare bottles in the U.S., this is definitely a great place to look. Site can be hard to navigate in the sense that Planet of the Elder was available on the first page, but if you looked with the other Russian River beers, it would list as unavailable. This kind of shortcoming keeps it from appearing higher on the list. Overall, the prices are highly competitive considering the demand for some of these beers. That one's uh, bringonthebeer.com. Uh, West Lakeview Liquors. Uh... WLVLiquors.com. They carry some beers from Three Floyds. That is apparently why this guy listed it on there, Three Floyds. Very hard to find. Um, A lot of other Midwestern stuff, stuff from Illinois, other mid... uh, McKellar, things like that. Number six, Bottle Select. Uh, Beer bundles on this site. It's BottleSelect.com. They have stuff from the main beer company. I'm trying to remember if I've seen stuff from them. This is interesting. They say they do growler fills and ship them, but they don't currently have any drafts listed. That's a odd, odd option to have on a website like that. Um, the one drawback to this site is that overall the prices are on the high side. They ship to about 30 states, and the language in the shipping section is standard. I'm not certain because it isn't listed on their site, but I think they're located in New York. Okay. Craft Beer Kings. CraftBeerKings.com. Uh, they have membership packages, and I know I've been to this site before too because I remember the membership packages. Uh, good for one year. They get various discounts. The top two tiers give access to special release beers. Gold membership costs three hundred bucks for a year. Good lord, gives you a twenty percent discount, meaning you'd have to spend fifteen hundred dollars before you would actually start saving money. What the fuck, Dennis? I hate you. I hate you, Dennis. I hate you. <sighs> um, so yeah, the membership on this site, unless you're spending a shitload, may not be worth it for you. Lucan's Liquors uh, from Florida. Uh, good selection of Cigar City. That would be a, a big draw for it. Also has a lot of imports. 200, at least 200 different beers from Belgium. Shipped to about 30 states. Uh, number three, Beership, Beership.com. Uh, they have a rare vintage chat tab on there that'll find you a bunch of different stuff. Uh, barrel age section. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, okay, this is important. The guy says, the site's better suited to purchases of larger bottles as many of the 12-ounce beers are only available as a six-pack. So unless you're sure about it, uh, it says the six-pack prices are reasonable, though. Then Let's Pour, number two, letspour.com. This is a site where the price of shipping is already included into the beers. So the site likes to tout its free shipping on six bottles or more, but obviously it's not quite free shipping. They offer $15 off if you order 12 bottles. They ship from four different states. This is the important thing because this would be good for me. They ship from Washington, Colorado, Florida, and New Jersey. That would work for me. They also do growler fills on this site. They have a few drafts listed. That is a site that I would probably be more apt to go for because the shipping would be a lot easier if they're shipping from New Jersey for me. 
The number one on here, Halftime Beverage. Um, it's a site from New York. You can search by brewery, domestic, international, style, color, hoppiness, ABV, and they have top 100. Uh, free shipping on any 12 beers of any size with the total value greater than $100. Prices are apparently reasonable, and you can enter a promo code of free ship at checkout. And, of course, you could probably find that on Retail Me Not. They have beer baskets, gifts. Um, let's see, which one did I see that... I think it was on... Yeah, it was on Halftime. They have a Beer of the Month Club on there. You can get a 12-month subscription. It gets you 12 bottles a month, six types, two of each, for a little more than $3 a bottle, which isn't horrible. You can pick your styles, you know, hoppy, stouts, variety, worldwide. They even have an East Coast selection, which is kind of interesting. So there are a lot of different options there. If you are looking to try and get stuff online in terms of craft beer, I will post this in the Facebook group. Um, if not tonight, I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. Once I get to work, um, actually I may post it on the Facebook page too, because I think it's pretty useful information. If it might be some, you know, harder to find stuff in your area that you'll find. Um, and if anybody does order from one of these retailers and you have a good experience, bad experience, let me know. Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on the Facebook group, whichever. All good with that. So I've got a few minutes left here and, uh, I know uh, Unsigned Hype is actually not live tonight, so if I need to, I can infringe a little, little, little bit on his time. I actually had a dream that I completely um, kept broadcasting completely over uh, Unsigned Hype. Actually, I, I, I think I ran ABV all the way to like 1230, and uh, somehow Dutch and Royce didn't complain. I don't understand that. That's obviously a dream. So, uh, got this first one from Deschute. It is Fresh Squeezed IPA. And I am not looking at that uh, creepy dick pic anymore, so delete. <laughs> Sorry, Dennis. To shoot, Fresh Squeezed IPA. It's described as tasting like freshly juiced hops, which I suppose is a good thing. Citra and Mosaic hops. Again, see, I, I don't know the traits of those. So next week, hopefully, I'll be able to bring in a little bit more of that. Yeah, a little Matt's good. Deschute, Sundays 4 to 6 on More Like Radio. Uh, they give it a tangerine, not Deschute, but uh, citrus and <laughs> mosaic hops. They give it a tangerine and citrus notes to help create a fresh hop flavor without actually using fresh hops. 6.4% ABV. It's going to be hitting retail March 3rd, 12-ounce, six-packs for that one. Uh, Stone, go-to IPA. This is actually a strange one. I don't see a huge amount of stone six-packs, and this is one that's going to be available in a six-pack. Obviously, they're, you know, they're, they do a lot of hoppy stuff, but this is a brand-new Session IPA from them. Um, they're using hop bursting. I was not aware of what this technique was. It's a technique, and I'm reading verbatim here, wherein an irrational amount of hops are added during the final phase of brewing to coax out intense flavors and aromas without imparting harsh bitterness. So basically, what I'm gathering from that is that near the end of brewing, they will add hops to get that last kick out of it. It's an interesting thought, you know, um, I may actually, like Dennis said in the chat too, I, I may actually try this one too. 
Stone's beers have been very eh, with me, mainly because like you know, Arrogant Bastard and stuff like that. There's just it's it's been overwhelming on the bitterness and hoppiness. This one, like I said, it's a session IPA, so the hoppiness will be there, but it's going to be a more mellow drink, I'd think. It's 4.5% ABV. It's hitting retail in March, and like you see in the chat there, it's going to be in 12-ounce six-packs. That's going to be an interesting one to try, and just in the interest of research, I'm going to do it because I'm trying more IPAs, and Dennis is even going to try it. Come on. Um, Sierra Nevada, four-way IPA variety pack. Are we sensing a theme in the uh, new releases here? This was completely unintentional. Uh, There's a 12-pack featuring one flagship Sierra Nevada beer and three new ones. And I think I actually, yeah, I have a image of what the pack is going to look like. Very nondescript, but works for Sierra Nevada. It includes their year-round Torpedo Extra IPA. Then it also has the Snow Wit White IPA, which is brewed with seven varieties of experimental dwarf hops and Belgian yeast. The Nooner Session IPA, so another Session IPA, and Blindfold Black IPA. So you get a nice variety. I mean, in a variety pack, it really is a variety there. That I mean, you get the you get the White IPA, you get the Session, you get the extra IPA for that extra kick, and then you get the Black IPA with the uh, dark roasted malt. It, it it's it's interesting. Oh, and uh, Brent talking about Stone's Drink By Beers. He likes those. Uh, they're bitter because they're wet hopped, but wonderful flavor. And you know what? I saw um, a couple weeks ago, I did see the one of the recent Drink Buys. I was very tempted to grab it. You know, if, if I if I see one again, I, I think we may actually be past that date because I want to say the last Drink Buy was a Valentine's Day one, but I don't know. But it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm broadening my horizons with that, so I, I might, I might start dipping into stone a little bit more. Um, uh, and this uh, Sierra Nevada variety pack should be on shelves actually sometime this week. Ah, uh, Lagunitas Nighttime Black IPA. I swear to God, I was not deliberately just trying to grab IPAs. Uh, just it just kind of happened that way. It, it kind of like I saw at the uh, at the beer fest. It, it seems to be that time of the year for. For new IPAs releasing, um, this is this is one I would probably try because I do rather I, I kind of like the black IPAs as opposed to you know the regular IPAs. The, the American IPAs are one that I seem to like more than regular IPAs too. Um, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, this one's a companion to Lagunitas's uh, daytime IPA. It's gonna be available in 22 ounce bombers and on draft. It's 8.6% ABV, and if you're interested in the bitterness, it uh, on the label in the chat that I posted there, they actually say it's 73.4 IBUs. In the article I read, they were saying 76 IBUs, so it's it, it's up there though. It's up there. It's in that like kind of you know third quarter of IBUs. And then the last one I got here, sorry, this one is not an IPA. I'm not, uh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm not, uh, not, not responding to, uh, the, the rampant racism in, in the chat. I'm not going to do it. This last one is actually not an IPA. This one is a Saison, Southern Tier Sonnet Saison, bottle conditioned, brewed with lemongrass, arrivals to be determined on this. I like the label on this one, though. It, 
very, I don't know, very renaissance artistic-ish, I don't know, Monty Python? I don't know, maybe? Um, 750 milliliter bottles, 8.5% ABV, and uh, looking on the, I, I love these labels that go into a little bit more detail, like they have tasting notes on here, lemon citrus, banana, tart finish, like a tart finish, fuck, 8 o'clock, then. Somebody's going to isolate that. Pair with pasta with garlic aioli, steamed mussels, Roquefort cheese. Shit, why not? Um, Southern Tier does some good stuff. So um, this one, if I see it, I'm going to grab it. It's a it's a distinctive label for Southern Tier, so I, I probably would not miss it if I saw it. Um, <laughs> yeah, rampant racism. I was trying to find racist beer names because I was curious. I, I was I was going to I was going to out these people these these racist beer makers, and I wasn't able to find any. Yeah, so that that's that is the show for the week, people. Um, if you would like to add some stuff to the beer tasting list, I am overdue on adding stuff. I admit um, there are a few things I still got to add. I know I got to put in utopias into the beer tasting list. Tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Of course, check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page. I would really, really like to get to 100 likes by the summer. I'm not going to beg and plead. It would just be nice. That's all. Facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S or at MLR underscore alcohol. And look me up on Untapped. You can friend me if you like alcohol by volume. All one word. Coming up next is a replay for Unsigned Hype because he actually has shit to do because he is not a lazy uppity, as Dennis said. And, of course, that's followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.